podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference plus BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network and partners with Sports Drink, your water cooler for sports and not sports. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. It is Thursday. That means we are making picks with my two good friends, our pro picker, Daniel Alexander. Hey, happy to be here. Had an okay week last week. I had some bad luck. I mean, the games I lost, it was like, you know, half a point in Oklahoma. What else did we have there? Oh, dude, you, I mean, ULM, we are, you know, know. oh, Bowling Green. That was so weak how I lost that. I mean, I know no one on earth watched Bowling Green UCLA, but it's like UCLA covered on fourth and 40 or something with a 50 yard bomb to the end zone with two minutes left by backups. I lose that. There you go, boys. That was your, my losses went your way this week. Congrats. You say no one watched that. Uh, shots of the stadium confirmed. Literally nobody <laughs> watched that game. Uh, also joining us, the LGGOG himself, Chris Ross. Yeah, I'm uh, brave enough to show my face around here after last week. Not off to the best start, but I have done just as much preparation this week. So hopefully we turn that around. Hey, you know what? We need a Kansas. So, thank you for being here and being a part of this. We yeah, yeah, that was that was Monday. pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> Although Kansas killed it. Hey, Kansas is turning things around. We're going to talk about them. Obviously, we've got a Kansas game on our lineup. We pick every game in the Big 12, including the four incoming teams, as long as they are not facing an FCS opponent. We will get to picks and recap last week in just a minute, but we got to hit on a, a little bit of news uh, article came out from ESPN today. Uh, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark was uh, was in Cincinnati on Wednesday, visiting the campus, continuing his Big 12 campus tour. Uh, told reporters that the league would be interested in adding members from the Pacific Time Zone. Shocker here, shocker, that they would be looking at uh, teams out west. "Quote: Obviously, going out west is where I would like to go. Entering that fourth time zone," Yormark said on Wednesday reading from an article from Adam Rittenberg at ESPN. Uh, He added of the Big 12's wish list, a program that has national recognition, one that competes at the highest level in basketball and football, stands for the right things, is a good cultural fit. Um, Look, I've seen some people comment about the cultural fit remark and how, you know, when the Big 10 gets talked about, there is a culture. There's a cultural fit. Everyone understands what the culture of the Big Ten is. Everybody understands what the culture of the SEC is, what the Pac-12's culture is. And the Big 12 is always being kind of accused of just being a smattering together of teams that don't have any sort of unity. There's no unifying description of what of what these teams are. And I... I take some umbrage with that because it was talked about with West Virginia. Oh, I do. About like how they fit the culture of the Big 12, which is, you know, a little more uh, fun than maybe some other conferences. I think the difference to me, um, and, and uh, Matt Brown of Extra Points, who we have a ton of respect for here and like, he he kind of called it out, quote, you know, it seems a bit weird. Is a, 
where everyone else has some kind of some unity quote big 12 now has state flagships religious private schools regional public schools aau very not aau etc what is the profile and and our good friend shahan shouts to him uh what unifies the big 12 and i think is different from everybody else and he, i'll read his tweet real quick is the short answer is i think athletic departments that are willing to invest what it takes to maximize athletics while fitting into a collegial group dynamic all that especially matters right now is tangible commitment to performance. And I think the biggest takeaway from all of this, when people try to criticize the Big 12's lack of culture, when you talk about the Big 10's culture, what you're talking about is a culture from an institutional standpoint, not an athletic standpoint. They want everyone to be an AAU school. Pac-12, the same thing. An institutional culture. That is what defines those schools. That is what unifies them. Not an athletic one. The ACC is a perfect example. It's always the best example. Because if you think that Clemson views football the same way that Boston College does, you're out of your mind. The SEC, there's a little bit of that, but you understand what their culture is. The Big 12's culture is not an an institutional culture, an athletic culture. You're going to tell me the culture is the same at Vanderbilt and LSU? No, it's, oh, and, they, and Vanderbilt just fixed started to change theirs. They have not given a, a crap about football until the new AD came in, and now they're actually starting to spend and invest on the football program. They did not care. That, one of the worst-kept secrets is that the visiting team is always the dominant fan base at Vanderbilt Stadium. Always. Vanderbilt's not a football school. They're trying to become one. We'll see how that works. But the Big 12, yes, we're a basketball conference that is where we, we stack our claim. That is what the Big 12 is the best at of anybody. Shove it, ACC. But everyone is committed to athletics. Everyone is committed to football and finding and having success in football. And everyone is committed to men's basketball. Even TCU has been spending in basketball for the last few seasons. There is a, a commitment to being strong athletic departments. They, everyone varies a little bit on, on what they care the most about as far as third, fourth, and fifth options. But everyone cares about football, and everyone cares about men's basketball. And so while every other conference has an institutional culture that unites them, the Big 12 does not have that. What they do have is an athletic culture that unites them. And that is, as Shahan described to me, an investment in what it takes to maximize athletics while fitting into a collegial group dynamic. These are also a lot of college schools. Right, there's a lot of college towns. I know that we're, we're while we're losing Austin, we're bringing in Orlando, not really a college town. I know we're bringing in Houston, definitely not a college town, and we're bringing in a big city in Cincinnati as well. But you look across the Big Twelve, Stillwater, Oklahoma, Manhattan, Kansas, Ames, Iowa, Morgantown, West Virginia. Yes, Lubbock is a is a decent sized city. It's still a kind of a college town. It's just a bigger one. There's a lot of college towns in the Big 12. Austin's never really fit. It is a city. It is a city. It is not a college. Every time Austin gets listed on like top college towns, it's not a college town. Save the term college town for college towns. Stillwater's a college town. Manhattan is a college town. Lawrence is a college town. Ames is a college town. The Big 12, unity in culture is about athletics. It's not about institutional unity. That's okay. That's fine. But I am tired of this whole like just a smattering of schools. You know what? To some extent, kind of is a little bit. Because the conference has changed and morphed and altered and lost and gained here, right, sideways, left, right. It's okay. But I do think this is, I'm tired of all the just 
Big 12 slander. And, and I get it. It's not entirely without some accuracy, but it's just such a tired thing that gets talked about all the time. Like, what do you expect him to say? Of course, they're going to say good cultural fit. You know what? Arizona is a good cultural fit for the way they view athletics as with the Big 12. They are a good fit athletically from a cultural standpoint with the Big 12. That's why Arizona has always been linked to the Big 12 all the time. It makes sense. It's not an institutional fit, but it's a athletic culture. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand go. just the argument in its whole basis, to be honest with you, because I mean, Norman and Austin aren't the same as the rest of the big 12, but you know, freaking Auburn and OU don't tailgate the same way that frankly for the logo on the helmet, OU's tailgating is pretty pathetic. And that does not fit in with the culture of the sec, but nobody cares because when we gave up on regions, we gave up on that too. Mm-hmm. All very valid points. So uh, we're done with this. I'm tired of the slander. Um, obviously, they want to go out west. Obviously, they want to add that fourth time zone. BYU gives them one team that they can put late at night. We're going to actually see that this week with BYU and Baylor, the 9:15 Central Time kickoff. Adding that fourth window is valuable. The Big Ten is the only conference right now that in 2024 will be able to offer games from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Late to early, early to late by adding USC and UCLA. The Big 12 can get a couple more teams out west. I am leaning towards they're not going to, especially with the playoff expansion. I think things are going to calm down for another decade or so. But if they are able to do so, if they're able to make that happen, it's valuable for the Big 12 to be able to be on air from 11 a.m. until the late night window. So we'll see what that happen, how that happens. Uh, There's still a chance. The Pac-12 has a money issue. Again, sure. But unless the Big 12 is going to make significantly more money like significantly more money than the pac-12 is going to make from the next media rights deal all the other things that matter outside of money are going to stay keep the pac-12 together so unless the big 12 can come in with a massive boost and i mean we're talking closer to like double like if it's if it's 50 to thirty thousand, or for 50 million to 30 million you could probably poach a couple teams. But if we're talking five or six, seven, eight million, that's not enough to get Pac-12 teams to leave. It's not going to be enough because there's too many it, other things that matter here. We've talked about them on the show. The cultural fit from an institutional standpoint does matter to a lot of the schools. And one of the reasons that Colorado went to the Pac-12, they have a very, 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 very large amount of their alumni base on in the state of California. That's why they like being there. They want to be able to play games against teams where they are located against teams like Cal and Stanford and I mean UCLA and USC for a little bit longer, but like those things all do have an influence on the decisions that are made by university presidents, not by ADs and coaches. So I'll keep this quick, but when you have the big 10 still interviewing schools out West and the big 12 has members, the big 12 members have consistently made about $10 million more per year than anybody in the PAC 12. That's a thing. And, and yes, the next contract is obviously very important and that could trigger a few things, but it, I would argue that even still in its current state right now, any PAC 12 member would be better off in the new big 12. We'll see. It all depends on this. This, these contract negotiations are, are big for what this is all going to look like. And this is all going to be moot in 2036 when the ACC's contract comes up and the big 10 and the SEC rate in mm-hmm. and then we figure out what happens and blah, 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 blah. All right, I'm done with this. Um, let's talk football. Let's talk games. Let's recap last week and what went down. 
I was the week one winner, just carrying over what happened last season. Uh, I went six and three, Daniel four and five, Chris two and seven. Uh, I hit on Central Michigan plus 21 and a half, hit on West Virginia plus seven and a half. Uh, hit on TCU minus 13, hit on BYU minus 12, hit on the under 65 in Texas, Louisiana, Monroe, started to sweat it out at the end, and hit on Tulane minus 28 versus UMass, missed on the under 52 and a half in Cincinnati, Arkansas, they scored 53, missed on under 57 and a half in OU UTEP, they scored 58, and missed on Houston minus four, they got the win, but not uh, by only two points in that one. Uh, feel pretty good after week one. Look forward to carrying this through. Daniel, as I said, went four and five. Hit on Central Michigan plus 21 and a half. Hit on Arkansas minus six. Hit on the over 61 and a half in Houston UTSA, thanks to three overtimes. Uh, and hit on BYU minus 12. Missed on the under 51 in West Virginia Pitt. Uh, missed on the over 55 and a half in TCU Colorado. Missed on the under 57 and a half in OU UTEP. Another half a point. Uh, missed on Louisiana Monroe plus 38 and a half and missed on Bowling Green plus 23 and a half versus UCLA. Daniel, as you said, not a terrible week. Got a couple of unlucky breaks. Again, half a point this way or that way in a couple spots here and you're sitting with a winning week. Yeah, Bowling Green was dirty. Uh, you know, the half point we both missed there on that total in Oklahoma. Um, if, if Colorado, I mean, look, TCU is going to leave that situation overvalued. TCU played the game. I thought they went all the credit in the world to them. You know, I don't think TCU's feeling some, some lockdown defense. Colorado was just inept that night. That game should have flown over. So, yeah, some bad bounces. Hey, look, got lucky in Houston. I'll take it. We'll bounce right back this week. Yes, yes, you did. I just, I texted you, was like, you lucky SOB in the triple overtime <laughs> game that was nowhere near going over in regulation. Chris, you hit on Oklahoma minus 30. You hit on Central, uh, Coastal Carolina minus two over Army. Missed on Oklahoma State minus 21. Missed on Pitt minus seven and a half. Missed on Colorado plus 14. Missed on Cincinnati plus six and a half. Missed on Houston minus four. Missed on South Florida plus 12 and a half. And missed on Louisiana Monroe plus 38 and a half for a two and seven week. It is early in the season, my friend. There is plenty of room to make all of this up. Yeah, I mean, not the best start. Obviously, I'm in a hole now and I got to make up some ground. But uh, there were some things that happened inside those games that I felt like I hit on. I just was on the wrong side of the final score, unfortunately. Like Oklahoma State got off to a great start. I thought they did. They have some defensive issues, apparently. And but you know the late cover, whatever, you know it happens. Oh, uh, man, OU, I, yeah, I thought OU would be more impressive than they were. I mean, they handled it in the end, but not the not the start of the game that I expected there. So I missed that. But you got Oklahoma. We'll see. Oh, did I get the cover there? Yeah, you got the Oklahoma minus thirty. Yeah. Oh, well, all right. Well, that's what, how much they, they won by what? They won by thirty-two. Is that right? Yeah, 45, 13. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Uh, okay. They were. This is, that was an interesting game. Yeah. You know, we don't need to get too deep into that, but you know, Oklahoma jumping out of that quick twenty-one point lead, and then after that, it's like we sort of just had a game for the rest yeah. of the day, and it's like, of, you know, of, of course, maybe whatever they jump out twenty-one nothing lead. Coach says, "Okay, I know what I got." We're just going to cruise the rest of the day. I'll take that. That's probably what it was, but it, there leaves a little bit of room for like, I don't know. 
kind of let UTEP, I mean, a, a bad UTEP team, in my opinion, you know, like, again, they lost their, their best uh, uh, receiver. It's just like, ah, dude, you let them kind of hang around after that 21 nothing lead. Yeah, and I think that's was my read on the game, and I didn't realize I, I did hit that cover, but I was like, I don't know what they're doing, but they're not going to cover those things. But, yeah, well. We saw a lot of games. To a new week. And and what killed um killed me on both my unders was you saw some lower scoring games early where then the point total seemed to grow in the second half of games. Because, like, Central, like, Arkansas-Cincinnati, I think, was, like, 7 nothing at half. It was like, oh, I'm good here. This is going to be fine. They're not going to hit the over 52. And then the second half happened. So I feel like it's that first game yeah, of the that... season. We got to feel everybody out. We kind of got to figure out what teams are going to play like. I mean, it's it's early. We'll get we'll get the feel going. We'll we'll get it going. Let's hop into this week. Let's dive in. Uh, I won last week. Uh, Chris finished third. So Chris, I'm gonna let you start things off today. Uh, we are going to go in most chronological order. We're gonna we're gonna have our game of the week. I've decided this week after last week because our game of the week came in our second pick. I'm gonna you're gonna run our game of the week pick two or three. I kind of kind of like doing it a little bit early. Uh, but we're going to start off in chronological order. That means we open things up with Central Florida facing off against Louisville. Uh, the Knights of Central Florida, UCF, currently about a five and a half point favorite over under at 61 and a half. Chris, what's your feel here, man? Uh, you know, UCF starts out with a win. Louisville, not so much. I like the Knights here. I, I'm just going to, unless there's a strong reason not to, I think I'm going to ride with the new Big 12 members this this season. And I'm not like, I'm going to ride with UCF. I like them to cover here. Uh, probably probably touchdown game. So got a little bit of room to work with there. I like it. Uh, Daniel, I'm I'm seeing Mirage has a, has a five. Eh, ah, that's a stretch. All right. I mean, five, five and a half is the number. But okay. that, that way, that way, you got a winner of this. That that seems like the general consensus. So we'll we'll roll with yeah. that. That's fine. I mean, can UCF keep averaging six hundred yards? We'll see. I mean, Louisville is not an FCS team, but man, they <laughs> looked like one against Syracuse. <laughs> Woof, uh, Daniel, what are you feeling in this game? You know, I this line feels spot on. I had six and a half, opened at six, got hit right away down to five and a half. I don't know what's going on. Louisville feels like it feels like there's some disconnect right now with the staff. I mean, Syracuse, they, they went up to Syracuse as the four point favorite. Doors blown off them. Syracuse is gonna be a four or five win team. So it's like something didn't add up. Um there's, for they're probably going to bounce back a little bit in performance. We're going to roll with the under here. When the team gets blown out like that, um, they're going to probably try to go tighten up on the defensive side of the ball. Short week for everybody. 61 and a half feels a touch high for how Louisville performs. Central Florida, whatever, rolled it up on an FCS. Yes, who cares? Yeah, this game's going to go under. Under 61 and a half. Okay. Uh, so I always enjoy the cover three podcast and I'm going to, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Tom Fornelli on the show on, on Wednesday's show had a fantastic little nugget. Uh, the last 14 teams that lost in week one as a road favorite 
which Louisville did, and are on the road again in week two, which Louisville is, are 1-12-1 against the spread in that second game. That is a weird Azerstat kind of thing there. But I like it. And I I don't think the Louisville thing was a fluke. I think don't think things are good with Satterfield there. Um, I, I'm going to ride with UCF minus five and a half. Chris, you and I are... You and I are both going to ride with the the future pick twelve member here. I I, I would be you on just, the. You just under. don't want me gaining any spots back on you. I get it. We could all win. We could all take this one down. We, we all can. Central Florida to the under. We all cash. I I think you're on the right side of the over under, Daniel. But I I feel better with UCF minus five and a half here. Uh, okay, it's our game of the week. Pick two. That is what we are going to do right now. We are moving this one up on the list because. You can talk to me about Texas, Alabama all you want, but the game of the week in the Big 12 this week is Baylor on the road at future Big 12 member BYU. I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend for the Big 12. I think this is going to be one of the best games of the weekend, period. Absolutely cannot wait to watch this one. It's a 9-15 kickoff, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to do my best, have a late coffee, keep myself up so that I can watch this one. BYU currently about a three and a half point favorite at home over the Bears. Daniel, what do you uh, over under uh, is at fifty three and a half? Forgive me. What are you yeah. feeling here? Uh, this is three flat right now across the market, so I don't know if you want to use that number. That's fine, um, man. I'm okay. I just I just look at it and I got a lot of I see some threes and I see some threes and a half. But you, sir, do this far more than I do, so I'm gonna roll with what you said. <laughs> no, this is. I mean, this is going to be such a good game. Two good teams. BYU uh, is sneaky better than people think. Absolutely. If they can keep this together, their next two or three weeks is going to be everything for BYU. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll kill the drama. I'm taking BYU here to cover this game. Okay. They're going to to cover the three. Open two at Circa. Very first move by any pro was hit, getting hit in that minus two jumped out to minus three immediately. That's a big clue. BYU got hit again. There's been no sharp action yet on Baylor. And that says a lot. Even when it got out to three and a half, there wasn't, there wasn't this big grab at three and a half. And you know, that's a good clue midweek as limits are, are opening up. So I have this number as BYU closer to like minus five and a half minus six. I'll have a light bet on it. If it's still around three come kick. BYU is going to cover this game, and people might even leave this game being like, oh, BYU is a little bit of a real deal, even though they've got Oregon on tap. This is this is make or break for BYU, and they're going to make it. This very much does feel like the game where we're going to find out if Baylor is really a contender this year or not. I've said heading into the season, I think BYU could be as good, if not better, than last year. It's just going to be tougher because their schedule is so much harder. Uh, coming off a blowout win over UCF, USF, forgive me, on the road. You're coming home to host Baylor, a team that beat you in Waco last season. You're getting ready to head to the Big 12. I like the BYU side of this. I do. But what interests me is this, and I realize that this year and last year are not the same thing. They are not. But last year, these two teams in Waco combined for 62 points. I know Baylor's defensive line. I know BYU's going to be. I think they're down one of their their top receivers, or a top one of their one of their starters. Um, I think the total is too low 
at 53 and a half. I think this might be closer to a repeat of last year's game. Um, and so I, I think I actually see, I think I see a 53, Daniel. Am I, can you confirm this? Yep. Yeah, that's live. Yep. Right. Uh, I'm taking the over 53 in this game. I think there will be more offense. I think we might see kind of like we saw a lot of last week where maybe they start a little slow. Things kind of kind of some defensive stops early in this game. But I do think the offenses will be rolling in, in, in Provo. And I, I think I feel good about getting an over 53 in this one. Uh, Chris, what's your feel? You know, in the new Big 12, they're going to need someone to step up and kind of fill the shoes of the OU and the the Texas and be that new blue blood, blue blood, if you will. If that's going to be Baylor, these are the games you win. You're preseason number one in the Big 12. You're picked to win the conference. This is the game you go on the road and you win. You just find a way to do it. It's what OU does. It's what the top of the conference is expected to do. This is a game... I think Baylor does get that win. I I mean, I would have taken Baylor on the money line, but I'll I'll take the points too. Okay. All right. So we got a Baylor. Uh, I stoot. All right. It's just three, right? Daniel, just want to yeah. make sure. Okay. So Baylor plus three. You get that around the line, you know, you can get a nice uh, – it's okay if it's just somebody wins by three. You give me okay. two points, I'll put it on my line. <laughs> I gotta make up ground. Hey, I, I understand. We we you we got a lot of season here to go. We got a lot <laughs> of season here to go. And of course, this is our game of the week, which means it's also the game where we're gonna talk about sponsor here on the podcast, supporter of the show and the network. Prize picks, prize picks, the perfect place for you to play fantasy sports, fantasy college football, although they do have NFL and NBA. And they will have college basketball. Men's, I believe they're going to have women's too, from what I understand. They've got golf. They've got soccer. They've got the NFL. They've got the WNBA. They've got MMA. They've got... You've got NASCAR. Apparently you can bet video games. I think that's probably... Look, I, I'm not even going to pretend that I know anything about people who play video games professionally. I barely play it myself. Uh, I haven't played it so long, and I stick with my Super Nintendo. I love it. I'm, I can't help it. I'm old school. Uh, our pick... On prize picks from this game, Tay McWilliams, Baylor running back right now, over under set at 63 and a half rushing yards in this game. Uh, last week, McWilliams had 12 carries for 45 yards in the win over Albany, but they spread that ball around 41 carries for Baylor. They did well on the ground with all those different players at 259 yards. Uh BYU, again, South Florida, not great, but BYU gave up 107 yards on the ground. Not a lot. Not a lot of yards. So the question is, over under for Tay McWilliams. Chris, you went the over or the under in this one? I'm going to have to go under. Did he, he didn't even get that last week, did he? He did not. He did not. No. Yeah, this is a much tougher game. Under. Okay. Daniel? Under. Uh, Baylor has not figured out their run game yet. That, that's still a work in progress. And that they had this. I know they had this many guys carry the ball. They got 259 yards in the ground all together. But the guy you gave the ball to the most, 12 carries, only 45 yards against Albany. I hate for us to all be in agreement, but I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. I think I don't think he hits it. I think Baylor is very much going to be a running back by committee team, which I don't love in college, but it can be effective. So we'll see how he does. Of course, you can make picks in prize picks as well. They've got 
pretty much every Big 12 quarterback, running back, top wide receivers. You can pick over-unders, receiving yards, passing yards, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. It's easy as can be. Pick two to five players, pick an over-and-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. All I got to do is go to Prize Picks, download the app, enter the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, and you will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 on your first deposit. That means if you put in 50 bucks, they're going to give you 50 bucks. If you put in 100 bucks, they're going to give you 100 bucks. If you put in a dollar, which you can if you want, they'll give you a dollar. It's a ton of fun. It is an easy and fun way take part in daily fantasy completely legal available in most of the states of the country and all the big 12 states except for iowa and west virginia picks can be made in as little as 60 seconds it's that easy so go to prize picks download the app put in the promo code network 12 n-e-t-w-o-r-k-1-2 for that 100 instant deposit match up to 100 dollars. it is a ton of fun i am enjoying it go check it out I'm Sam, and I co-host the Scott Holm Podcast, the known universe's first Houston Cougar sports podcast. Every week, even during the offseason, my co-host Dustin and I come on and talk everything current as it relates to the Cougs, and every so often, we'll bring on UH luminaries like Carl Lewis, Kellen Sampson, and a number of other fantastic Cougar voices, and as proud members of the 1012 Network, we also find the time to talk about our future conference and future opponents in the Big 12 as well, if all of that sounds even a little bit interesting to you, we would love it if you subscribe to the Scott Holm Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you put podcasts in your ears. That's podcast spelled P-A-W-D cast because the two of us hosting the show are nothing if not big dorks. So thank you and go Cougs. Okay, um, the game that everybody's been talking about, the game that everybody's been anticipating all offseason is finally here, and it has a bigger spread than West Virginia versus Kansas. Texas, a 20-point dog at home against the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's my turn to go first. I hate a line that big. Like, honestly, a win for Texas is to is is to, to not lose by 20, in my opinion. Like, I get it. This game could be more competitive than I think. Maybe it will be interesting. Maybe it'll be interesting for a, a quarter or a half. Maybe the whole game will. Uh, maybe Texas will get a backdoor cover with a late touchdown from Quinn Ewers to, I don't know. I oh Man, I, I'm, that 20-point spread is just so much. It's so much. And at the same time, is it? Is 20 too much? I don't, I don't see a 19 and a half anywhere. I mean, it's, it's 20 on the road. I know. Against Texas. Yeah. Hmm. The over-under in this game is 65 and a half points. I see a 65. Ooh. I'm just, I'm just going to take Bama. I don't, I, I hate it. I don't, I don't, I don't like taking this many points. I really don't. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to take Bama minus 20. I'm probably going to get you wrong on it. That's fine. I don't care. I can miss one. I'm in the lead. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chris, what are you feeling? Yeah, I'm going to go opposite you, actually. 
And not because I think Texas is sneaky good or because this is at DKR and somehow that'll matter now. Um, But because if I take Texas to cover, then no matter what, I get a win. If Alabama runs them out of their own home stadium, it's a win for me. Welcome to your new future. If uh, Texas somehow does manage to stay within that 20 points if they can see Alabama off in the distance then at least I win the pick it's that simple all right I like it feels good to me Daniel my raw number on this game is Bama 18 and a half so Mm. you know the line the line feels the line feels pretty right Vegas Uh, knows what they're doing I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over at this spot I, uh, obviously, Sark, you know, was there with Saban. This is a little bit of like, you know, you know I, I hate to do the old, like, you know, student, teacher, all that kind of stuff. But there's a little bit of that element to it. Um, is Saban still is... undefeated against his nope. pupils? He lost oh, that, two that, of them yeah, 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 last yeah. year. Two yeah, of them last yeah, year. Yeah. Um, I feel like Sark... <laughs> Even if they're, you know, let's say Bama's covering. Bama's up 24, 27, 31. We're getting late third, early fourth. I feel like Texas is still going to want to push the ball. I feel like Bama's going to be able to do pretty much whatever they would like on offense. And this is, uh, like, please take this in the right context because Bama obviously shut out Utah State last, last week. But some of Bama's defensive stars that were supposed to be, like, these monsters they sort of didn't show up on the stat sheet last week so it's just something i have my eye on texas has had that problem for a few years now and bama had a little bit of that to where uh, and again it could be absolutely nothing it could just be it was utah state they didn't care whatever they were prepping for texas that all that's all it could have been but there's an element of like is there going to be some wiggle room uh, you know, for Texas to pull this off. And basically, this game's going to go over if Texas can score over 21 points. I think Sark is going to manage to do that. I think Sark is going to be able to maybe get into the mid or high 20s. That's going to send this game over. These guys are going to be trying to throw haymakers till the end, regardless of the spread. Uh, we got a 65, 65 and a half. I'm good with whatever you can give me. Six, 65 and a half is probably the for all intents and purposes, that's that's the correct number for us to take here. That's the number I have the majority of. So if that's yeah. where you want to, the 65 and a half, it is. All right. Uh, we got a battle between two former, well, a current Big 12 school and a former Big 12 school. Another Big 12 versus SEC matchup. Kansas State taking on Missouri. The Wildcats, about a seven and a half point favorite over under around 57. Chris, you're up first, sir. What would you like here? This one's tough. And I, when you said two former, I was like, hold up. <laughs> what? Uh, no, uh, but this is this is tough. Is I, but I like, oh, dang. I keep going back and forth on this one. I think I'm going to ride with the Big 12. I'm going to take Kansas State. I think they're, I mean, I just my my gut feeling is saying Kansas State, and I'm going to take that. What's the line at right now? You said seven and a half. I don't like it at seven and a half. I don't like it at seven and a half. 
Oh, I don't like that at seven and a half. But I will, whatever. I'll take it. All right. Daniel? I'm taking the over in this game. Um, this uh, this Kansas State team is not the old, like, you know, grind the clock, uh, cloud of dust team that maybe some people think back to the identity of this team, or, you know, that scrappy underdog of, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Um, this team's going to have to play with pace. They let Deuce Vaughn break a little sweat last week. You saw him put up 27 points in the first half. Offense looked crisp, but now they're going to play a, uh, you know, a competent football team. Uh, Missouri quarterback names escaping me, uh, but he's solid. He's not like a top SEC caliber guy, but he's a solid QB. And both these teams are going to be able to score. This game open, or I think total open at like 55, uh, 54 and a half. I bet it right away there. Real money. A bet I loved. I see this thing getting into the 60s. I'm taking the over on K-State. I think they're going to win, too. I really like the team. But both these guys are going to score. And this, uh, yeah, I hate saying like it's going to fly over 57. But, you know, 42-31, 38-31, something like that. That doesn't surprise me at all. Over. I got to figure out which. I I agree on both sides with both of you. Um, I do. I, I know that Kansas State. The passing game last week wasn't much, um, and and it was it didn't 95, have to be though ninety five yards on twenty three passing attempts. But that's just it. Like they got to a twenty to nothing lead in the first quarter and shut yeah. it down. I, mean, I know that Kleiman that, called it vanilla. Can we not use the term vanilla? Vanilla is delicious. It's an amazing flavor. It's not boring. It's great. Stop using vanilla. Uh, it was blase. That's the word to use. That's what we're gonna use here. Yeah, they shut it down. Because they didn't need to do anything against South Dakota. Why? Why show anything else in your playbook against South Dakota when you were up that big and you knew you could just let your defense do the job? And they they pitched a shutout. Missouri did a lot better than I thought they would against Louisiana Tech. They put a lot more points than I thought they were going to. But I think Kansas State. I, I if last week's offense concerns you, then I don't think you're really paying attention. I think they're going to put up points. I like the over in this as well. I think Kansas State is going to win this game because I think their defense is pretty good. Now, I will say my one concern for Kansas State, they did lose one of their starting offensive linemen in that game. He is out for the rest of the season. And bless me while I remember what his name is, and I'm going to find it again. Poitier. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Taylor Poitier who missed all of last season with an injury. He was their starting right guard, so they're going to have somebody to fill in there. Maybe that's a bit of a concern. Sean Robinson, who was at TCU as a quarterback and then played defense at Missouri and is now at Kansas State will not be playing. Uh, I like both of these picks. Like I like Kansas State to win and cover. I like the over in this game. I'm going to, I'm going to ride Daniel. I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to ride with the over 57. Um, I think Kansas State wins. I I think either way is good because I I just, I feel comfortable with it, but I think the over is right. I think Kansas State's going to put up, quite a few points in this. And I think Missouri will put up a n- some as well and, and help push this over. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. All right. Another matchup of current big 12 and future big 12, Texas tech facing off against Houston, Texas tech, Tyler Shuck injured in the opener. He will be out for, uh, we have not learned how long he'll be out. The Donovan Smith train has left the station. I am aboard it. Texas Tech is a three-point favorite 
against Houston, who, of course, needed the uh, three overtimes to knock off UTSA last week. As I said, three-point spread for Texas Tech. Over-under in this game is about 63, 63 and a half. Daniel? No, wait. One, two, three. Yeah, Daniel, you're up. Dana Holgerson had me pulling my hair out last week to where I looked like him by the end of the game. It was just (laughs) he ran. They have the like they just have such a stacked wide receiver room. They have such a competent quarterback. They can throw on, you know, let's take out the elite D's, right? Take them out. But it's like after that, they can throw on anyone they want in the country. He ran the ball on standard downs like it was like 68% of the time. And it's like, throw the ball, dude. Let's start moving this thing. It was good. The game plan they had last week just escaped me. I didn't understand it at all. I hope that they correct that. Um, the sharp move has been on the under of this game. I'm going to stay away from the total. Uh, I'm going to have my re- my my numbers for this. I have I have Houston basically it's like a minus one. It's essentially a pick because of Texas. You know, They're playing at Texas Tech, but um, – that's my number. I'm going to take the free three points. I think Houston wins this game. A little revenge spot too, right? If we're going to think back to last year, you know, they, they blew it against Texas Tech in the second half. That three points with Houston feels awesome because they should win this game straight up. Give it to me. I've got real questions about Houston now. Like, week one was not impressive. They had a few things kind of bounced their way that helped them get that triple overtime victory. Uh, Texas Tech it was an FCS team. Murray State, preseason receiving votes, but still an FCS team. But they look pretty good. But you got Donovan Smith coming in and not Tyler Shock. But I like Donovan Smith better. Um, man, uh, before the season, I was all over Houston in this game. And now we sit here and I'm... I'm not so sure Texas Tech might not be able to pull this off. Uh, I'm not. Uh, the over-under feels a little high for me. So I feel like I've got to take a side in this one and not 63. Like they could, but I I don't, I don't want to get there. As disappointing as Houston's defense was last week. I'm going to ride with the Red Raiders at minus three. I think Tech can pull this off. I think Tech is going to take what looked like a daunting first half of the season schedule and come away with a better record than any of us expected and get back to a bowl game in year one of Joey McGuire. And I think they do that because they needed to pull off an upset somewhere to do it. I think they do that right here this week. It's not technically an upset, but... To me, in my mind, it is. I'm going to take Tech minus three. Chris? Yeah, I I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Obviously, I feel like you look at this game, look at last week, and the reaction is Texas Tech all day. And I feel like that might be an overreaction of week one. I feel like Holgerson, he does some weird things sometimes. I don't know if he was just trying to get his back some reps or if he was just didn't feel like – he felt like they could play that game however – way they wanted and win that game um but i also feel like those kind of games are a bit of a wake-up call 
that you have some stuff to work on in practice and get the team motivated and guys, you can't just show up and expect to win. The next two games are pretty big for them. You know, welcome to the big 12 kind of games. And I think they make, I, I, I think we see quite a bit of a different team. Texas tech could still win this game. Even if the Houston shows up that, that we thought was going to show up last week. But I expect a, a much better game out of Houston, and I'm just—I have a sneaky suspicion. I'm going to take the Cougs. All right, Daniel and Chris with Houston uh, plus three, and I have Texas Tech Raiders minus three. All right. Hey, so, so just a little little food for thought. Mm-hmm. If you were to put UTSA and Texas Tech on a neutral field, I'd have UTSA as like a one and a half point favorite. <laughs> so i'm just saying oh, like, like you know wow. I, I think All i mean right. I, I i don't want to make i mean i know every, every tech fan who listens to this probably thinks i just like hate this school wow. <laughs> no nothing i mean you know hey nothing but respect they went over the win total last year but it's like I, i'm very surprised this open tech All right. minus three so well there it is houston and they don't even need overtime i want to throw it out there oh Folks, it is the game that is referred to as El Asico. It is the battle for the Cyhawk Trophy. It is Iowa State and Iowa. And based off of last week, as long as Iowa State doesn't give up a safety, they should be able to win this game. Uh, Iowa State, a three and a half point favorite, or I'm sorry, three and a half point dog, forgive me, on the road at Iowa, over under at 40 and a half which just feels like free money. Um, I am up first. Look, I have said time and time again, I will never pick Iowa State to win this game until they actually do. Oh, man. I, I almost, you know, oh, man. Nepotism is, a, is an ugly thing. <laughs> it is It is only getting a field goal and two safeties and scoring no points offensively against an FCS opponent ugly. That is what's going on in Iowa. I'm sure they will look far better this week against Iowa State than they did in their opener. It's just kind of how it happens. But Iowa State didn't play with its food against an FCS team in week one like they often do in the past. I don't want to overreact to week one. Oh. Man. I, you know what? I'm going to do it. At three and a half, I'm going to do it. I cannot believe I'm doing this. Iowa State fans, all I'm going to say is if this doesn't pan out for me, I feel like you guys owe me a beer for finally siding with you. I will take Iowa State to cover the three and a half against an Iowa offense. But Iowa State, if you give up more than like 10 points to this offense, this Brian Ferentz, awful, ugly, unwatchable, just hide your eyes offense, I'm going to be very sad with you. I will take Iowa State to cover in the El Asico and, and – please finally if it's ever going to happen this year be the year win this stupid game for matt campbell uh chris you know you said iowa state should win this game which has been the thing for like the last five years (laughs) and yet they don't and i'm tired of believing that they will they don't so i I, i'm sorry iowa state you missed your window i i don't know what you did but i'm going to stick with my guns that I'm not taking Iowa State in this game anymore. I, I keep believing they will, and they let me down. So now I believe they won't, and hopefully they prove me wrong. I would like to be proved wrong. 
but I don't like that this is in Iowa City. You can't get it done in Ames. Why are you going to get it done in Iowa City? There are a couple things that I do like. If Iowa was to win, it would just be their second longest win streak in this series. So it's Iowa State's do. And Iowa State, the last two times they won the series, was in Iowa City. So, I mean, I would love to be proved wrong. But you're, you're going to have to prove me wrong before I just rely on faith anymore. All right. Iowa minus three and a half. Daniel? What a fascinating line here. I mean, we've got a college football game where the line is telling us this final score is going to be something, you know, essentially 21-17, 20-14. So then I say, can Iowa score 21? I mean, is this team going to score three offensive touchdowns? Okay, let's throw a defensive <laughs> one there. It's like, you know, are they going to score two offensive? You know, yeah, I'm being serious, right? Like, we're no, I mean, game, yeah. breaking it down. You know, Iowa, like, really? They're going to go score three touchdowns? And, like, maybe to cover if the game was to go over, they get, you know, they're scoring 24 points-ish. It's very hard to see that. Now, on the flip side, is Iowa State going to go score three touchdowns against this Iowa defense? It's That's also challenging to picture. So where does that leave us capping the game, playing it through? I like Matt Campbell better as the hunter. I said it last week as well. He's just a better position for him and his guys. Mm-hmm. This total is so low, it feels like, 16-13 kind of game, 17-16, you know, you know, literally 10 to 9, something just silly like that. I'm going to take the three and a half points on Iowa State. I don't love it. It's like a hold your nose pick because Iowa plays a great suffocating game on the defensive and special teams side of the ball. They love it. They love pinning you inside the five. That's their game. So just feels tight enough, though. It's like if Iowa State can score 14 points, I think they're going to cover that three and a half. I'm taking Iowa State. The Hunter, Matt Campbell. Let's get a T-shirt going. Tell your T-shirt, guys. Let's go. Matt <laughs> Campbell, the Hunter. Give it to me. Oh, man. That's that's fantastic. Well, this game will probably be ugly. One thing that is not ugly are the incredibly comfortable vintage college sports apparel, T-shirts, sweaters, and hoodies that you will find at Home Field Apparel, official sponsor here of the 1012 Podcast and the 1012 Network. Of course, they have every Big 12 school, current and future, available with the best classic tees, classic logos, throwback stuff, the kind of things you show up to the watch party with, the bar with, the game with, and everyone around you wants to know, where did you get that awesome shirt? And you can tell them you got it at Home Field Apparel, and you've got it using the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, for 15% off your first order. I would suggest an Iowa State shirt. They've got the very nice kind of script font with a twister underneath it on a nice hoodie. I've got my marching sigh shirt that I'll probably... You know what? I might wear this one this weekend. Maybe it's a marching... It is Elastico. Maybe it's a marching sigh weekend. They've got a great Hilt Magic shirt. They've got a great Iowa State wrestling shirt. And as an Oklahoma State fan that Iowa State has a wrestling shirt and OSU does not with home field apparel, does irk me a little bit, but that's okay. They got every Big 12 school available. 
on Homefield Apparel with great, fantastic collections. Go check it out if you haven't bought anything yet. You absolutely should. Don't forget, promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. Welcome one, welcome all, and you are listening live to the one, the only, Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. Okay. We got four picks left, three more Big 12, one non-Big 12. Let's get back to it. West Virginia hosting Kansas in the first Big 12 game of the season. The Mountaineers coming off their loss in the backyard for all Kansas with a blowout win over FCS Tennessee Tech. The Mountaineers are a 13.5-point favorite over under set at 60. Chris, which way are you leaning? You know, in a game like this, it's it's tough to – like, look at any stat and actually handicap this game. West Virginia is the better team. West Virginia should win this game. Uh, what's the line? 13 and a half. 13 and a half. West, West um, Virginia favored by 13 and a half. Totals at 60. Okay. Yeah, I mean, a 14-point cover should not be hard for West Virginia in this game normally. I always look at position, and this is this feels like a spot where – West Virginia could get bit could get beat by Pitt twice. I feel like there might be a little bit of a letdown after last week, after that tough, tough loss where they put up an amazing game. But they lost, and that hurts. And I feel like they might go into this expecting to beat Kansas. Like, I mean, they're licking their wounds a little bit, but at least they got Kansas. They'll get that win. They're not – they might not be taking Kansas all that seriously. And, and Kansas found some offense last week, and – and maybe they can turn that. It's not against West Virginia's defense, but maybe they can turn that momentum and put up a game. I, I feel like West Virginia gets the win, but I also feel like it's closer than it's supposed to be. Maybe for the only time this season, I'm going to take Kansas. Um, No suspense. I'm riding with you. Kansas open at 14. I bet the two touchdowns right away. I wanted it. Look, here's here's the bottom line for this program. Um, you either got something good going on or you don't, and we're going to find out. West Virginia, they're not world beaters. I'm not trying to disrespect any West Virginia football fan. You know, I, I don't think anybody's surprised if West Virginia wins this by two touchdowns. It's just, um, I I I will be surprised if they do because uh, Kansas is at a point where. They should not be losing to a school like West Virginia by 17, 20, 24 points. I agree. And, and so for Kansas as a program, um, this is a little bit of like, hey, can we turn the corner? Can we be competitive? If you're going to be anything in this conference, you have to you have to at least be able to go to West Virginia and be competitive. But what do I mean by that? Like, you know, can we keep the game within seven or ten points? Can we have the lead at some point? I think Kansas is there. I've bet my own money that Kansas is there. And um, it's just time for this program to do that. And if they don't, 
same old Kansas. Look, it's hard to take away from week one with West Virginia and, and know how to view it, right? Uh, their offensive line did not look great, but Pitt's defensive line is really good. Uh, I thought JT Daniels played really, really well. Uh, the run game, far better than I expected. The defense had some mental lapses. Kansas did what a two football, a power five football team is supposed to do. When you play a bad FCS team, you're supposed to blow them out. And they finally did that. I think this is the best Kansas team we've seen in a while. Oh, 13 and a half feels like a lot. It does. Um, it really does. But, and if this game was in Lawrence, man, I, I would be all over it. All over it. I don't think our record's very good when we all agree. Like typically it's just it's just not. Oh crap. So I'm gonna do you guys a favor. I'm gonna do you guys a favor this week. I'm gonna let you try and get one up on me. I'm going to take West Virginia to cover the thirteen and a half. Um I I it's think the half Kansas, point. It's it, that half point. Yeah. But I think West Virginia can win this by two touchdowns. And that's not an insult. That's not a shot at Kansas. Like, again, I think Kansas is significantly better. And if this game was in Lawrence, I might even pick Kansas to, like, pull off an upset because I do think in Lawrence it would help them. I think in Morgantown, I think it's a West Virginia team that's trying to lick its wounds. I think you've got JT Daniels out here publicly and, and to his team telling him, we are going to bounce back. We are going to get out there. We're going to perform. Like he has been very vocal about this, and I think West Virginia is going to show up ready to go. I don't think they're going to be still feeling the effects of losing their backyard brawl. Because for West Virginia, like, look, guys, you every win is one you've got to get moving forward if you're going to get to a bowl game because I, you've got a lot of tough games still left on the schedule. I still think they can win their next three. I think they can easily win this one, Towson, and at Virginia Tech, who looked god-awful against Old Dominion. I will take West Virginia to pull this off. I don't, man, and honestly, I think Kansas only losing by two touchdowns is not a bad thing because I do think this might be a decent West Virginia. It's in Morgantown. I'll just do you guys a favor. I'm trying to convince myself that I like this pick, uh, but I'll take West Virginia minus 13 and a half. The only thing I'm going to counter there is I don't know if Kansas playing at home has actually ever helped them. Have you been to a KU game? I have. I have been to a Kansas game. It's just less of the opponent there. Uh, I'm trying I mean, to convince myself that I like what the pick I'm doing. Okay, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. <laughs> okay, when we all agree, hey, it never, when we all agree, you know, it never works out. So I'm trying to give myself this, an it, edge here. This does feel like the best Kansas team in a while. So hopefully, they can get some more fans in the stands. Maybe so. Uh, Oklahoma. Oh, this is a game. Oklahoma hosting Kent State. Sooners a 33 and a half point favorite. Over under at 72 and a half. Woof. Daniel, <laughs> what do you want here, man? I'm going to take this over. Now, <laughs> no, I, I know it's high, but it's like Kent State's all pace. Kent State's no defense. Uh, if, if Oklahoma can't score in the 50s here, they're, something's going on. Like they're not trying. They're, they're, there's, you know, there's something going on that we don't know about. Uh, um, Oklahoma can score as much as they want this week. They have Nebraska on tap. 
I'm personally not going to call that a look ahead game. I know there's maybe some, you know, bravado rivalry type vibe to that game. I, there's none to me. I don't, there's such different, Oklahoma's on a different level than Nebraska. Um, yeah, o- Oklahoma only scoring 45 last week wasn't a huge surprise to me, but but UTEP's just such a different beast than a Kent State. Kent State's going to pace. Oklahoma, if they're letting UTEP score 13, Kent State's going to be able to score into the low 20s. And uh, like I said, if Oklahoma doesn't break 50 and get into like the 55-58 situation, we can all sort of grab our chins and look at each other like, what's, what's really going on with that offense? Because versus a team like Kent State's, uh, Oklahoma should be able to score basically as much as they want. Low 60, something like that, 66. I'm taking this over. Wow. I mean, I get the argument's go. valid. The argument is valid. Uh, I mean, if they, if they don't, if it doesn't, if, if Kent State scores in the high teens or low 20s, which I think they should be able to do against Oklahoma's D, dude, something's going on at Oklahoma, or their purpose is saying, like, we're holding back everything and we're not going to run up the score on these guys, right? There's, Like I said, there's conversations that we're not privy to if Oklahoma's not getting well into the 50s against Kent State on offense. So I might I might give away my pick here, but the one thing – I've talked about this before. The one thing I don't understand about your pick, Daniel, and help me out here. Yeah. Is I agree with everything you're saying. I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. But if that's the case, why not just take OU to cover? Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, uh, I mean, how many points is is Kent State realistically going to get? I mean, I I, I personally think they should be able to score 21, 24, somewhere in there. And, and so I, I think they can, I, I think they the can score, score enough to cover. I, I think Kent State mm-hmm. can score enough points to cover. They're gonna be the ones that help push this over. Yeah, I mean I I see that, but I mean, I think I, I get, 14, I get 17 logic. points. I, I, I just think that you have to have the help from Kent State to get this over. And regardless of what happens, OU name me their score bodes well for the OU cover. I'm going to take the Sooners. I'd like to remind everybody, we would never normally pick a game like this, like, because it's disgusting. This is some sicko mode stuff, but it is a big 12 game. So we have to, like, I would, I would never tell anybody to place money on anything with a line, like 33 and a half, unless it's Alabama, Texas. Um, You know what, Daniel, we're going to go head to head because I'm going to take the under. I love it. I mean, that's a huge number. 72. It's too big. It's too big. And and look, I mean. it could be fifty nine nothing, and you still get the under. I mean, I, for sure. I I I think you you might be right here as far as points scored, and the over probably is going to be okay. Because again, OU UTEP last week hit at fifty eight. That's just another what four, we another fifteen points. To Kent State's over the, this. Kent, Kent State's a better offense. Oh, and they Kent are State's a much better, better offense. offense. They're much, much better, better offense, and and. And a pace to that. Uh, th- this game is going to squeeze out some more possessions than last week. And, and I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to talk. <laughs> Look, I'm taking the over. I hope I win, and you lose the under. So I'm just. <laughs> I know. know. I'm just. I'm just talking I, it out here. I'm just. I, I. I feel like I'm. I feel like I am less confident this week than last week. Uh, I'm just going to take the under because it's just too many points. It's too many stinking points. I. 
Yeah, I mean, to to my point, I'm gonna argue against you, myself. Know, I guess no, we know your point. You you no, make no. it every time we pick over well, under versus uh, like a big. I, I get it, I but to my point, I have to worry about the backdoor cover, and that only helps the over. It does. I, I it's probably not the right side to be on, but I'm okay. Yep. I, I've got, I've got wiggle room. All right, Oklahoma State facing off against Arizona State in Stillwater. Nice night game. Uh, Bit of a nightcap if you don't want to stay up for Baylor and BYU. Oklahoma State about 11 and point favorite over under at 58 in this game. I believe it's my turn to go first. Um, uh, man. I'm going to take the over uh, because I think OSU will be able to score in Arizona State. After what we saw last week, will Oklahoma State work to shore some things up? after what Central Michigan was able to do to them in the second half of the game? Absolutely. Will they shore up everything that they need to in one week, from week one to week two? to Ten days, nine days. They they got, they got a little extra time against an Arizona State team that I don't think is very good. I don't think so, but I think their offense is probably a little bit better than their defense. And so I can see a higher scoring affair here. Um, I, I can't. I can absolutely see a higher scoring affair here because I can see OSU getting into the 40s on their own. And from there, like I can see Arizona putting up 20-something points. I can see this this total getting around 60. I can see that. So um, that's over 58. I will take the over in this one. Chris? Yeah, I think uh, – I think I, I spoke about this earlier – Hopefully, fingers crossed for the Cowboys that that last week is a little bit of a wake up call. They got to shore some things up. Um, they got the W, which is all that matters. But there's plenty for the coaches to yell at them about. It was not pretty, and uh, you're going to have to be a lot prettier this week. And but I, I think Boone Pickens is going to be rocking. They're striping the stadium, albeit in a very weird way, but they are doing that. The fan base is going to be pretty hyped for this game. I think there's a a feeling in Stillwater that this could be a special year. And uh, I think it starts with this game. I'm going to say the Cowboys to cover. Especially, I think this is, they win by two touchdowns. So, some three points there. That's probably a good side. I, I just, I don't, I don't have a good feel for this because I have no idea if Arizona State's as bad as I think they are or what. Uh, Daniel? Um, I think last week was a little bit of, of an anomaly. I don't have the same sort of defensive panic that I think happened with Oklahoma State. That game was 44-15. Okay, right? I mean, it, it, it was, 50, it was 51-15. I mean, they had to put their starters back in. That's oh, not so, a good sign. No, but to, so, so to that point, I feel like Oklahoma State just completely said, Okay, perfect. All the next week, get get everyone in who doesn't get reps. Let's go vanilla. Let's you know. I mean, you know, Gundy let's, went full let's, Gundy. let's 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 wave the white flag. I, and and I feel like a situation like that is a blip on the radar. That game was nowhere close to what that final score showed. Nowhere even close to that. That game was all Oklahoma State. That game was over at fifty-one fifteen. Okay, it was over. The Should game was done. 
Oklahoma, it, well, I mean, it was for all intents and purposes, Oklahoma State's game plan. They, yeah, they the still won thing. by two touchdowns. It wasn't like sure. it was, you were yeah, trying they, to stop but, but, a game tying drive at the It's at the like if, if they wanted to keep the starters in and keep the pressure on and maybe let C. Mish score one more touchdown or something like that, that's cool. But um, just a long winded way. I, I'm taking Oklahoma State too. My raw number here is actually closer to 14. Um, Pac-12 out of conference. I love fading them. You know, they, they played Northern Arizona last week. I mean, I think they covered. They won by 30 or something like that, but it was never really a game. I think I think Oklahoma State is a better team than we saw last week. I think the defense is way better, and I think we are going to see that reflect this week, and it's going to give a lot of headaches to ASU. Oklahoma State covers that 11. All right. Time for our non-Big 12 pick. Um, Chris, made you're it. up first. You made it All right, I'm going to take Coastal Carolina against whatever FCS opponent they're playing. <laughs> if they're playing an FCS team, you have to pick somebody else. Yeah, I know. Um, are they? I have no idea. No, yeah, they are. They're playing. Oh. They're, they're, no they're, minus, yeah. they're minus 68 versus East-West Tech State. Yeah, I, East I also West pick Tech State. <laughs> I mean, it, it's really, it's bad. I looked at it already. It was, I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to get that one this week. But That's the uh, best generic FCS team name I've ever heard. East, West, Texas. Holy smokes. You know what? Just for the sheer audacity of it. I'm probably going to lose this pick. But for the audacity of it, I have to take Hawaii. Isn't it a 51 point spread? Yeah, Michigan. Michigan's known as the Ninth Island, so you know, you <laughs> I, know I, it's gonna, you know it's gonna be rocking. Is there some fifty twos out there? Fifty one, fifty two. Daniel in here with the late night comedy act. What's what's the incentive? Fifty one and a half. Yeah, fifty one and a half. Yeah, for for the sheer audacity of it, I'm taking Hawaii. It, um, I'll probably lose it. But if this was to. on the island, sure. I don't care. That's too many points. Oh man, it's mean, a lot of points. <laughs> You're not going to take OU to cover 34 against whatever. Like 51 and a half. Come on, Hawaii. I love it. Why 51 and a half? Why not? Yeah. Okay, hit it. All right, hey, uh, Daniel, where are you going here, bud? Um, a little side. This is not an official. I was going to give out Southern Miss Miami under like 53 and a half, 54, which it was earlier today. That's now down to 51. That's like my favorite under of the week uh I, I bet a lot of it at 57 and a half it's obviously dropped almost a touchdown uh i'm just throwing that out to the listeners just letting you know i like it you got to fill out a parlay or something at 51 now i cannot recommend saying take the number but i still think the game's going under uh for this week my official pick um uh, i hate it because it might lose <laughs> but i i really that's all fake yeah but this one it, it's weird i I don't love it, but I have a hunch about this thing. Um, Nebraska is a 23, 24-point favorite. What are they right now? That's the game I was trying to find. I lost it. No, listen. Oh, so okay. okay so they're Go, Keep going. Go so there's 23 and a half for Georgia Southern. Look, Nebraska lost to Northwestern. Um, what's important is the box score last week. They played North Dakota. They won 28-17. They won by 11 points. They were 35-point favorites. I don't think they had a look-ahead spot to Georgia Southern by any means. Uh, and then when you go look through the box scores, those teams played almost an identical game. It's like Nebraska is matching the box score against North Dakota. 
And now they're at home having to cover 23 and a half points for uh, a Georgia Southern team who has a, a new identity as sort of like a West Coast offense, but more uh, an efficient identity is sort of what they're going to go for. Nebraska has that look ahead spot that we talked about, which I think is a look ahead for them of Oklahoma next week. My power numbers have Georgia Southern is like 17, 18 points. It's like everything lines up for Georgia Southern to cover this game. And, you know, I'm not making some bold claim, but I can just see this downright being like a single digit game the whole time. Like, oh crap, Nebraska's in a real game at home. It's like there's everything going against Nebraska right now. Two ugly games in the box score that does not equate to someone blowing out a team by 24 points. A Georgia Southern team that is performing way better than the number indicates. And Nebraska has Oklahoma on tap for a game that, you know, frankly, Scott Frost at this point in his career, he can't go get rolled up by 30 or 40 points. If he goes and gets blown by like 50 next week against Oklahoma, you know, it won't happen, but it's the kind of thing where you're not surprised to hear the guy got fired. So Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern plus 23 and a half. I love the pick. That was going to be my pick. I, I had it pulled up and then I lost it. And then I couldn't remember what game it was. And then I saw Hawaii. So I'll stick with Hawaii, but I do. Well, love you can, pick. you can root for me. Just root yeah. for me to win. Yep. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, reminder, the official stance of the 10 12 podcast is our favorite. Uh, wouldn't it be funny of the 2022 season would be if Nebraska somehow beat Oklahoma and Nebraska was forced to give Scott Frost an extension, not because we want Oklahoma to lose. I just, find it funny if nebraska had to give scott frost an extension because he beat oklahoma uh you guys with your uh plus 51 and a half plus 23 and a half i'm going to take i believe i can find a i can find minus one perfect uh it's mostly a pick em. i think i can find a minus one for oregon state i'm taking oregon state to beat fresno state i'm all in i do love oregon state uh, I love that pick, man. I like yeah, the thing for origin black osus i do it was not a fluke against boise state i know hot Bachmeyer had a bad game. Um, I think they are, they have been trending in the right direction. I think that last year was kind of like a breakthrough year for them. I think they're going to continue that this year. I will take Oregon state minus one over on the road at Fresno state. Uh, I, I like that pick a lot, man. They, they performed really well in, in, you know, when you go break down the box score last week against Boise yes. state, it wasn't, it wasn't fluky. I mean, they shut down that run so hard. It was, it just it opened as a, by them. It opened as a Fresno State favorite. Yeah, they, yeah, Fresno State minus one. Yeah, it's pretty much a pick them across the board now. But I, I've, I've got two. Let's see what books are those? Uh, it's a minus one. Yeah, you got minus, minus one. Both have minus one, so I will take minus, Oregon State minus one. Can't eat. I mean, you can't lose by. You can't win or lose by less than one point. So, uh. This was a fantastic show, guys. Another great week. Cannot wait to to follow the scores this weekend and, and text back and forth. Um, it's going to be a good time. It's always fun. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I know I've seen a lot of national people talking about how this weekend's slate isn't very good because Texas is the only blue, but this is a fantastic weekend of Big 12 football. You've got El Asico, UCF, Louisville, Baylor, BYU, late, Kansas State, Missouri, a couple uh, Texas Tech, Houston, like there are some really interesting and intriguing matchups. It is a much better weekend in the Big Twelve than it was last year, week when we had five uh, FC or five SES games. Like much better, much better. only two teams getting a pick for this week. Only two were uh, were Cincinnati and, uh, and TCU was playing uh, use uh, FCS games. Sorry, TCU playing Tarleton. That is a real place and. Uh, 
Cincinnati playing uh, Kennesaw State. Cannot wait to see how these games go. Everybody, if you uh, if you want some more great tips on betting and picks, then you need to talk to Daniel, our good friend here. You can follow him on Twitter at DannerB7. They've got a really fun Slack chat where you can talk betting if you would like. Uh, to just hit him up in the DMs, and he'd be happy to let you in. Uh, Chris is not on Twitter. You're on Twitter, but you're not on Twitter. I don't know. you got a lot of things going. Chris Ross Sports. I'll tweet one or two tweets this weekend probably. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to miss them. They're always a lot of thought put into them. Very smart. Yeah. Very clever. Not you, at all reactionary. You want to plug Scissor Tail? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've launched a new uh, new venture in shutting down the LGG. Was uh, kind of a necessity because I launched a new venture. If you like disc golf, if you follow disc golf, check out scissortaildiscgolf.com. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Of course. We are the 10 Podcast flagship show of the 1012 Network. Make sure you are subscribed to every show on the network. Great coverage of week one already. Fantastic coverage coming up for games this weekend. It's so good. Every show is fantastic. Make sure you follow them all. You really should. We will be back on Monday to recap this upcoming weekend and look ahead to the weekend that will be coming. Podcast Network.